looking again and what God's been doing, um, it's pretty powerful. It's powerful to see um, that we have to change our perspectives. And God is trying to shift our focus more and more towards who he is. The world around us would like to get us to focus on what's going on and keep our focus there. And when we do so, we miss opportunities of his presence and who he is and what he wants to do in us and through us. And uh, we just, right over here, Mark, for a second, right here on this tab for me. I'm going to move so I'm not in the way. But God wants to just begin to speak to us today more and more on the mirror and what we begin to reflect in it and who he is and his presence and how he wants us to learn more and more of that in it. How many of you have really taken a long look since we've started talking about look again and everything that's been going on into the mirror of his word and really asked him to reflect in you what he desires. Seriously, like really asking, God, reflect in me your will, your way, what you want, what's going on. I'm actually going to move this up a little bit. Sorry. I have specific tape markers. Hold on. Guess what? It's not about me. Honestly, I don't even care if you see me today. I want you to see what he wants and what he wants to do through um, the mirrors of reflection that he has to put on us today. Amen? Amen. I want to start out this morning in chapter uh, 1 of James, verses 23 through 24. I'm going to read it in the message to you today. And uh, if you have your Bibles, say amen. I don't care if they glow, if you got little glowworms with you. Anybody remember what a glowworm is? Holy cow, that makes me feel really old. But glowworms were what you went to bed with. You lit them up, and they that was the only thing I knew about, you know, what a light, carrying a light with me when I was a kid. We didn't have, you know, the cell phones and everything. We had to use books and different stuff like that. If you have your Bibles, say amen. James chapter 1, verse 23 through 24 says, Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener. When you are anything but, letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror and walk away and two minutes later have no idea what they are or what they look like. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance, is what it says. Those who hear and act are like those who glance. You ever, like, get ready in the morning real quick and hurry up and you just kind of take a quick glance and you go off and you're like, it's no big deal, um, you know, because you're kind of in a hurry somewhere, running late possibly to work or whatever, and you're like, I'll fix myself later, kind of throwing yourself together. Don't lie if you do that because we know we all have done it at least once in our lives where we have literally glanced. Or if you have a habit, you ever notice, and think about it, when you're out and you walk around like uh, sometimes we can see our reflection within a glass when we walk by or car window or mirrors on the wall. Have you ever noticed how much people actually stop to take a glance at themselves? You might not notice because you might be the one glancing all the time. But you know what I'm saying? Like we are, um, our society and our culture, we are very impressed with ourselves. 
We're very impressed with who we are. We are very, um, I could say uh, many of us could be on the brink of vanity when it comes to the point that we stop to make sure we look good in anything that we pass by continually. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't notice it sometimes because it's become a habit to you, but think about it this week. How many times do I stop to actually look in the mirror to see what I look like? Not for anything, but for the sole purpose of looking good. Did I stop to take a moment just to look in the mirror and actually really reflect and ask God to reflect in me? I guarantee it's not often that many of you have stopped and looked straight in the mirror and said, hey, God, instead of me right now, look at me and what's in me and I want to look at you now reflect in me and actually stood there and stared for like a good 20 minutes. I guarantee that's not something that's been done. And I'm not asking you to do that. What I believe that we as the shepherds of the house who have been up here speaking have been asking that you take the book, you take the mirror of God's word, and you take time to reflect in it. That if you took as much time, if you added up as many times as you glance, here's a little project for you this week. Let's do an experiment. Add up as many times as you glance in any mirror, car window, any business door, anything like that, that you take a glance at to look at yourself. Add up how many times you do that and see if it adds up to as many times you glance at this. Just, just try it. Here, it's a little experiment for you. Okay. Because the thing about it is, is that God wants us to begin to glance more and more into the mirror of his word so that then we will truly begin to reflect and actually take time to pause and reflect. That's why God puts in there, I believe, the word Selah, which means pause, reflect. Stop, take a moment. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times what we read in here is a lot to chew on. You ever just read one verse or scripture of this word and you look and you're like, whoa, that hits a lot different got to stop right there and pause because that meant something different to me now than it did in the last season. Not, oh, somebody sent me the daily word, the word of the day, and I read that. Okay, I'm good. First of all, that's lazy because you didn't even look it up for yourself. You just let somebody else give you what you needed. You didn't take time. I'm not, please, please don't take it out of context. I'm not saying when you get those I get scriptures and word of the days, but guess what? That's not my source of food for the day. I stop to get my word for the day. When that comes in, sometimes it may reflect and confirm what God's doing in here, and then I'll read even more on that, and it's good. But don't just let that be your thing, because if so, if all you're getting is the word of the day, you are literally living your life with Christ by a glance, by just glancing. You cannot serve or reflect God from just a glance. The word glance means to take a brief look, to hit something at an angle and bounce off obliquely. The word bounce off is an informal way to get an opinion. And obliquely is not direct nor made clear. So when I just look at God as a glance in the mirror, when I just kind of go, oh, okay, it's good. What I'm doing is quickly asking for his opinion without taking the time to fully listen or care what he has to say. Doing so leaves us without clear direction or reflection of what he wants us to do. When I am just 
glancing into God's word, what I'm doing is saying, I got my quota in for the day. I don't really care about your opinion. I don't really care about what you think about me. What I'm doing is just making sure that I dropped in so you knew that I did it and so that my streaks stay running on my Bible app or whatever else it is and, and in my own mind. And then I just literally can't let the do you realize when you have a reflection that it is caused by light reflecting off of light? It bounces back and forth. Do you understand that? If you just glance at God, it says that to glance is to hit something at an angle and bounce off obliquely. That says it just literally bounces off to the side. It's not a direct path. It's not a direct uh, reflection. When I'm just glancing at God, I cannot get a full reflection of what he really wants to do in me. When I'm just skimming his word, I can't just get a full reflection. I'm just letting what he says pretty much go in one ear and out the other because it's not got a chance to really hit and absorb and pass through. I know this is like basic, seems elementary things. But I'm telling you right now, I believe the reason that we are where we are in society is because people have not taken time to reflect anymore in this. I, I can be dead honest. I have, since we have started this year, I have probably reflected more in this than I ever have in my entire life. And that's being the truth because I am really starting to realize that God wants to really reflect himself. And I'm not here for me. I'm not even, listen to me. I'm even here just for remnant church I'm not here just for my I'm here for whatever purpose he has so his glory can be seen and the only way that that can do it is if I begin to reflect more of him in my life and I cannot do that when I don't take the time to do so do you realize all the things going on in this earth? If you think about when you listen to the news, all those sound waves and all those things that are created and moving through the airway, they begin to bounce off and go into your ears and fill your ears and do your, you know, fill your mind and fill your thoughts and what's going on. And you watch the things, the way that culture is changing and the stuff that's happening. And when that becomes so much more important and you begin to feel, it becomes chaotic and glancing at God will not break the confusion. Do you hear me? Glancing at God won't stop the confusion. It won't. It doesn't just make it. And you can look and go, okay, well, my word of the day was so powerful. And I'm telling you, it may be exactly what God wants for you, but I'm just going to tell you like this. It's pretty sad if God has to speak to you only through the word of the day because you weren't seeking him yourself. Somebody else took that time to put that all together. What time are you giving to God? To look into these mirrors. A glance never forms a clear image. But it. Because it never allows the fullness of light to form one. In order to, for a full image to be formed. It takes light going in. And light going out. And I had to look up. Like I literally read a physics page. Studying on this. And had to break it down in layman's terms. Because they, they had a lot of big terms. In that. But what I got and understood from the basic sense of a reflection is that it takes light going in and light going out. The light from the initial object then passes through to create the image of the receiving object. So there's light from an initial object. Do you realize that initial object in your life is God? He was the light of the world. 
and he is the light of the world. And when we realize that God is the initial object that we are to be reflecting from, what happens is that light then passes through the receiving object to create an image. Isn't it funny that when you think you step in front of a mirror that you are the first light that's hitting the mirror and it's not true? It's not about you. That initial light is already right here. I'm just the receiving end to reflect. Oh, my Lord, do you, do you hear me? We think when we look in the mirror, it is about us, that we were there first, that it's to see what we are to look like. It was not about you. A reflection was created from the beginning of time because God was the light, and the light was the word of God to reflect in you, and you are the receiver. God was never meant to reflect you. That's the power of it. But isn't it funny how the enemy has twisted the world and we have so many mirrors around this world that we have a look at me mentality? To see a full reflection, you have to center yourself in the point where the initial light can form the reflection. We must center ourselves in God's will by placing ourselves daily in the mirror of his word and allow his light to pass through us to create the image of who we truly are. I believe God is being clearer now more than ever by giving you more, one more opportunity to learn to look again. He's given you one more opportunity to look again. Did you hear me? One more opportunity to look again. To look is to direct one's gaze towards someone or something in a specified direction. Think of or regard in a specified way. The act of directing the eyes towards something and perceiving it visually to see and to search, to look. You ever talk to somebody, and we've talked about this, but I feel like God is saying, go back again. I loved what Pastor Don said a couple weeks ago when she was talking about how when you look at God, it is to respect. It means to respect him. And the thing about it is, is have you ever had a conversation with somebody? I, I'm to the point, if I want to converse with you, I want you to look at me. If you're not going to look at me, I'm not having a conversation with you because obviously what I have to say is not important. And if you hear me stop talking, that's just because... Obviously, you don't value what I have to say, and I'm at a place I value what God has in me, and I value what he wants me to speak, and guess what? If you don't value it, you lost. And the thing about it is, is how many times have you noticed in this world anymore that our reflections are being bounced more off of this than actually one another sharpening each other so that we can talk to one another? it! when you're having a conversation, put it down. You know how many times I've looked and said, look at me. Well, I'm, I'm listening. No, you're not. You are, if you are looking at this, then what I am saying is obliquely bouncing off of what you are doing, and it is not reflecting in you. And guess what? I'm over that. And I think that's what God is saying. Put it down. Put the things of the world down. Put your phone down. Put the TV down. Put the remote down. Turn the radio off. Put it down and pick up the word so that you can reflect in me directly so that I can reflect in you outwardly. And I'm telling you, there's going to come a point and you ain't going to like it when God's going to get quiet and you're going to freak out because you didn't listen when he was trying to talk in the first time. 
ever played a game with somebody and you tell them the rules and 50,000 times, what did you say? You don't play. You're done. Like we have, we have a problem. I'm just being dead honest. I'm not talking about actual physical and clinical conditions of ADHD and ADD. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the spiritual attention deficit that we have. I'm not talking about other things. I'm talking about we spiritually have a problem. We have like 20-second story reel attention. If it doesn't catch me as a story, then it's not important. If I have to stop and actually read and look it out, I don't want to take that time. Guess what? It's not going to hurt us. And I'm just telling you this, and I'm not saying it to freak you out by no means. But if you look at what's really going on as in a spiritual way, because if you can reflect through the word of God, you'll begin to decipher what's going on in the world today, what's really happening. And if you look at what's taking place with Russia and the things that they're trying to do in orbit and things like that, there's going to come a time where none of this is going to work, y'all. And guess what you're going to say? Well, I don't know it. I don't have the word. I don't have my Bible. Well, it says, hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against God. This is important. He's trying to tell you, look again. Look in my mirror and reflect who I am so that you can make it. Look. Good grief. You guys walk around like you have singing charging ports' tails. And we wonder why we're tripping over everybody. Because we're so connected to the wrong thing. I'm not, listen to me, what she's saying, don't look to my Facebook and yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care what you think. In all reality, the fact of it is, is you need to monitor on your own sense what you need to do with your time. If you spend more time, add up your hours. If your hours are spent more time watching TV shows and catching up on Netflix and binging and Scrolling through Facebook, you have a problem. That's exactly what the word of God says. It says, thou shalt not put any idols before me. You think, I'm not telling you this because God hasn't dealt with me. I'm not telling you this because I think I'm above you. I'm telling you it because God is dealing with me. I'm telling you it because things had become a distraction because I was tired and overwhelmed by life and things that were going on that by the time I went to read my Bible, I felt exhausted. And God's trying to tell me if you would just actually get in me, you'd have the life and breath to your body and to your bones to do the things that I need to do in your life. But you have filled it so much by reflecting on the world and the things around you, whether it's your pain physically, whether it's your finances, whether it's your job, whether it's being overwhelmed of how to help your kids in school, whether it's overwhelmed of how to help with the church and make sure things are done, whether it's overwhelmed by trying to figure out how things are going with your husband, whether it's overwhelmed by things that are going outwardly with your family. Hello? No wonder I was exhausted. And I'm not talking about things don't come and happen. Stuff happens. Bad things happen. You have a bad day. Sometimes pain never goes away. But I'm telling you what, the one thing that remains and stays the same is Jesus Christ and his word. Look again. The word again means once more, another time, in addition to. This got me. The word again means back to the original state or condition. 
So to direct, look means direct one's gaze towards something or someone in a specified direction to think or regard in a specific way. If I'm looking at God, that means I'm directing and I look at him and he has my full attention. And when my eyes aren't on him, guess what he does? He puts my life and my body back to the original state from the beginning that it was supposed to be in the garden before anything happened. He wants me to go back to the original state. Not, not what I look like, what I thought I looked like, what he knows I look like. God is asking you and he's asking me to look again in his word daily. He's asking us to direct our gaze to him. To think and regard him higher than anything else in our lives. To direct our eyes towards him so that we can perceive who we are through the reflection of his word in us. And for us to desire and see and search out his will for our lives. When we look again... We choose to take a deeper look. When we look again, we choose to take a deeper look. By allowing ourselves to be immersed in the power of three. The power of three. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Look again, the power of three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is where we choose to reflect all angles of him, not just one. I want to talk about the power of three and the three mirrors. I have three points to give you today. The power of three and the three mirrors. If you look, each one of these mirrors has a word written on it. Identity, accountability, and glory. The three mirrors. Number one, the mirror of identity represents the father. The father, the mirror of identity. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 in the message says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible to the fish in the sea and the birds in the air for every living thing that moves over the face of the earth. We were made to reflect God's image. The initial object, which is God, was the first light that went into the world. Choosing us to be the object that he passed through in order to create a reflection of him on this world. From the very beginning, when God was the light, and the light became, he spoke it into existence. Do you realize why he did that? Because darkness cannot create reflections. And Jesus Christ had to speak light first. So that what he created would reflect him. Do you understand that? Everything on this earth, every bit of everything that was spoken to existence was meant to create and be a reflection of the creator. The wind that you feel is supposed to represent the breath of his body and the goodness of who he is. The birds that you hear sing are the beauty of the glories that are being sung throughout the earth. The beauty of the images, whether it's the ocean, the mountains, the trees, the things that are going on. Do you understand? Do you take time to really realize what is reflecting the glory of God around you? And then 
He saved the best for last. He made man in his own image, not just a, an object. What's awesome is it wasn't just an object of affection. It was an object of actual reflection. And when Jesus Christ created us in his own image, we began to be made to reflect who he was. Do you realize that there were no mirrors when God created the earth? And guess what? The reason Adam and Eve spent time with him in the cool of the day was because they were never worried about what they looked like. They were worried about spending time with God. But when the enemy came in and he began to give them, they, they switched their gaze and they took a glance. And when they began to glance, what happened was the light began to reflect and refract to a different way. And what happened was the darkness was able to come in and diminish the light just a little bit because of one gaze, one glance. Do you realize how many just one glance is affecting your eternity? I mean, come on, people, if we don't see it right, good grief. The one time they glanced and took one bite of whatever fruit it was, one bite. They took a glance at one bite, whatever fruit, and now we were all condemned. So how much more do your everyday glances reflect the eternity in your life of where you are going or what's happening? It's truth. John 1, 1 through 5 says it this way, and I want to turn to it, and it's in the ESV, but I'm going to turn to it back here in my Bible as well, if you want to go with me this morning. John 1, and some of you are like, I know that scripture, I know what it is. Well, let me tell you what, you may know what it is, but you don't know everything, so just stop and listen and look again. And the sad thing about it is, is if his word becomes boring to you, then you are boring, not God. That means that you're more consumed with your own reflection and what you can do than trying to reflect off him. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the what? The word, which is the mirror. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was nothing not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light is the life of men. If you feel very overcome in this world by the darkness and the things that are going on, you are not in the right light. Direct light makes a big difference than indirect light. Okay? You need to know that you need to be directly centered in the light of God. The life was the light of men. And I heard God say it this way. Any creation will always be identified by their creator. Think about it. Any creation will always be identified by their creator. So he began to speak to me about this example of if I took a Nike t-shirt, right? Most every clothing item has some sort of tag, right? Some sort of emblem on it. A lot of times now tags are just printed because everybody got sick of cutting their tags out. Okay? But back in the old days when things were printed, they were embroidered tags that were inside of the shirts. And they were very itchy on the neck, right? It can be a Nike 
t-shirt. And that tag will say, it's a Nike branded t-shirt, okay? The only way you know it's a knockoff if it continually says made in China. By itself. Nothing else. Right? Doesn't have the actual emblem, doesn't have the logo. Somebody just printed the t-shirt for you. But I'm talking about an original t-shirt, okay? If I took that t-shirt and I cut the tag out, it is still a Nike t-shirt. Right? Still a Nike t-shirt. And this is what God said. You can cut out the tag, but just because the shirt tries to deny the label doesn't mean it's not a Nike t-shirt. Just because the shirt tries to deny what it actually is doesn't mean that it's not what it is. Just because in our culture, we are trying all over this world to deny what we were created to be and be uh, literally identified by the creator. We cannot deny that we were created by the word of God, by the blood of God, and by the DNA of who he is. You cannot deny it. You could argue with me all day long, but guess what? That t-shirt was still a Nike t-shirt. You could cut it up. You could rearrange it. You could stink in, what do they call it? Upselling, upscaling, up whatever it is. I don't even know what they call it anymore. They can take it apart, do whatever they want to do, put it back together. But that original piece in that t-shirt is a Nike t-shirt. You are an original piece. You can feel that you've been cut up. You can feel like you've been disconnected. You can feel like God's trying to upsell you, upscale you. The word's trying to do whatever it wants to. But when it comes down to it, you are still a remnant, which means you are still identified by the blood of God and the word of the lamb. The, the word of the testimony of the blood of the lamb in you. You are, I don't care if you want to say you're not. You can argue all you want. Actually, I will not even argue with you because your words mean nothing. Because they don't match up to the truth. What do you identify as? Ooh, that's a big question anymore these days, isn't it? What do you identify as? This question is now more popular than ever in our country and has now become a regular question for the healthcare records, our beliefs, our morals, and our values. What do you identify as? Man, people would freak out if we just started putting on there a child of God. That's what I identify as. Because if I know that I'm a child of God, then guess what I know? My identity is in Christ. I don't need to be questioned what I am. Yes, I'm a girl, I'm a woman, but I'm a child of God. Ultimately, this is what I am, and I will stand in the identity that God created me from the original standpoint, not from what the world wants to try to label me. I even thought about it this. Let's look at it in, without trying to be so overly political, politically correct, but the fact of it is, is that we even have done it within the church. Think about it. How many times when you've talked to somebody, well, what denomination are you? What do you believe? What are your values? Things have been so broken down and separated from the original content that God desired to be created in us in his word that what's happened is now we have to label what we believe instead of 
I believe in the word of God. I stand on the word of God, the full truth of the word of God. That's just what it is. I don't care if you want to call me what you want to call me or what you want to relate it is. I can truly, honestly say I identify as a Christ follower. And I get people ask questions, but do you understand how we've so much broken down the identity of who and where we are and what we've come from in this world? All the logistics now are dictated. Our identity is trying to be dictated, and God is trying to say, look again into the mirror of me. Look into the initial light, God the Father, who was the light of the world, and begin to come back to your original state and identity of who you are. If the word again means to take back to the original state or condition, then it's time that we look hard enough past the culture of this world and what identifies us in the flesh and allow the light of the word to uncover our identity as children of God. He wants to uncover your identity. You have to stop at this mirror first. The problem of it is, as many of you want to see the glory without even knowing your identity. And we don't even want to talk about accountability. I want to be here, God, so I can just reflect and see your glory. And you know what he's saying? You don't even know who I am. And I can't really tell who you are because you're covered by so much crap in this world. I got to re-identify you as who you are. And until you learn to look into this mirror and truly identify yourself with me and let the word and the light begin to reflect back into you, you will not see my glory. Because guess what? The glory cannot stand in the darkness of the world. It doesn't mix together. It, the light overcomes it, but the only way light overcomes the darkness is if you allow the darkness to be placed before him and humbly bow to allow him to take it all away. Good grief. We're like Christian cockroaches that scatters when the light turns on. Ah, God sees me. He already saw you. Wait, you think he's got like this magnifying glass he's going to burn you with like little ants? He's a loving God. And all he wants to do is heal you and get you back to the state that you identify with so you can actually move like you're meant to move. But I'm telling you what, if this is your identity and everything else around the world, whether it's internet, whatever it is, I'm telling you, it, and we come back to it, but let's just be honest, we are in a culture. If I was back in the culture of back in the Bible times where other things were big, like the major rings of, you know, prostitution and other things that were huge. I'm talking about in culture times of stuff like that, where it was between Jews and Gentiles to the facts of the way things were. You have to look at the culture that we're in. And right now in the culture we're in, this is the big thing. Internet is the big thing. The stuff that we're facing are the big things. We have to talk about these things because if not, we will bow to this to get our identity. And Christ is trying to tell you that he wants to take off the filters. Just like I said, he wants to take the filters off. And he wants to filter you through his word to reflect in you what you are. And he has to take out all those particles, all the spots, all the things that he wants to do and identify with you. You have to just give him time. If the light isn't allowed to reflect in you, the darkness will identify you. The enemy doesn't have to kill you. He just has to get you to a place to conceal you. The enemy doesn't have to kill you. He just has to conceal you. How does he does that, do that? 
by getting you into the dark and out of the light. By the little things. By the glances that you give the world more than you give God a look. By the time that you spend more in things of the flesh than you do in his word. He wants to conceal you. He wants to hide you. Can, can I tell you what? It's time for undercover Christians to be over. It's like a reality show. You need to come out of hiding. This is, we're not undercover Christians. We're supposed to be out there and be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I'll say it this way, and this is probably going to come out like I'm just going to say it. If you feel like you have to live as an undercover Christian, then are you really one? Because if that's how you live, then you are not fulfilling your purpose and the role you were created to do. He knows the more we identify with the world, the less we reflect the image of God. You will only reflect what you take time to see. The more I search out God, the more I will reflect my true identity. What I identify as matters. What I identify as matters. Number two, the mirror of accountability, the sun. John 1, 6 through 14 says it this way. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light and that, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men. And the word, and then it says, but God, and then it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the son from the father, full of grace and truth. And this is what I felt God speak to me. He said, Jesus Christ, the son of God was brought to earth for the redemption of sins through his grace, but by your own accountability. Think about it. It says, but for those who believe in his name, for those who believe, do you understand accountability is an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or the account for one's actions? Do you, yes, God was brought into this earth for the redemption of sins, but the only way he can redeem you is if you own up to what you've done. How do you change something that you don't want to change? So we think that just saying, I believe in Jesus, well, that's nice. I believe that there are Ford cars and there are GMC cars and there's all other kinds of things. And I believe that there's electricity and I believe that heat's blowing through this room right now, but that doesn't get me to heaven. Just because I believe something and have an acknowledgement of it does not mean I have knowledge of it or know it. I have to be accountable to know that. I have to be accountable to live a lifestyle that is representative of Jesus Christ and that forgiveness. 
It's accountability. See, we all want to say, okay, now I identify with Christ. I gave my life to it. No, 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 no. That's God. God the Father. What he did was he gave you your identity, but then he had to send the son to bring accountability so that the world would come back to him. And you wonder why Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. He didn't come to bring peace. It says it. He came to disrupt the establishment and make them accountable for their actions. First John 1, 8 through 10 in the message says it this way. If we claim that we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, simply come clean about them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and pursue us of, and purge us of all wrongdoing. If we claim that we've never sinned, we out and out contradict God and make a liar of him. A claim like that only shows off our ignorance of God. You claimed you've never sinned. You are looking and saying, God is an idiot. Well, I know God ain't no idiot. I could be a liar, but he's not an idiot. And the only fool is me because I'm fooling myself. See, this mirror right here, accountability, this mirror right here, this one. See, sometimes it's easier to go right here because, you know, you, you want to come clean and you want God just to take everything off. Like just take the weight off and identify you. But what happens is you want to stay in this place and you wonder why we struggle because we don't want to come over to this mirror because this is the hard part. This reflection's the hard part. This is the one where God wants to get to the nitty gritty. This is the part where God wants to see all the things that you don't want, that you think he doesn't see. This is the place where you don't want light to touch it because you're afraid of spiritual sunburn. This is the hard part. This is the one that we will continue to have to look at every day. Every day. Every day we'll have to choose to identify ourselves with Christ, and then every day we will have to come and look at accountability. And guess what? This is the one you will spend your most time at right now. And there's a reason why. See, you can't get to the glory of God unless you identify as him, but you can't stay in the glory of God until you are accountable to him. See, accountability holds you true to your identity. Accountability makes you prove what you say. Ever heard somebody say it and you're like, you're lying through your teeth because I know you ain't going to do it. You can tell me all day long that you're going to do that, but prove it. Like, just show me. What's it say? Don't tell me you love me. Show me by your actions. You know what I'm saying? Actions speak louder than words. Oh. Oh, wait, I think that goes back to James. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. 
because your glance is just as bad as your mouth that just shoots out words instantly without a thought of where they're directing to or what they're doing. They're just going and spurting out and you have no idea what is happening in the world because number one, you don't identify as him and number two, you are not accountability, accountable to hold yourself to your words. You know what's awesome about God is it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God and it was the light of all men. Okay, so we have the word, which is the mirror. We have the light, which is the first object of reflection. And what's so powerful about it is his word represents accountability. Do you understand all of this that's lining up? Identity, accountability. It was in the very first scripture of John. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and it was with God and it was the light of all men. Holy cow, there's so much in that right there. When we lack accountability, we lack identity. And we turn, and in turn we hold no true reflection because we no longer hold the light. That's why people who give their lives to Lord fall out so quickly. Because you have pastors and leaders who are saying, hey, man, we missed you. Or, hey, why didn't you come? Or, hey, this and checking up on you and do it. And what's the problem of it is, is we have no accountability as people ourselves to get in the word, to do what we need to do, to change our lives. We want it to be easy for us. And because it doesn't come easy and we want God to work like a drive through and we don't get it, have it your way, what happens is we fall off so easy and we never truly identify with him because we never become accountable to ourselves to what? as a Christian ourselves. Take pastor, leader out of the title of everyone who is that in this church and we are just like you. And guess what? I don't have one of you calling me and asking me, did you read your word today? Oh no, I expect it from you because you're a leader. Hmm. Really? Because I'm a person who hurts. I'm a person who has kids. I'm a person who has a job. I'm a person who has problems. I'm a person who has a house. I'm a person who has laundry. I got all those things that you have. And all those busy things can take a place just like they do in your life. But guess what? There's this reflection of, oh, you're just a leader. Guess what? I'm tired of the stigma that is placed on Christians in general. We are all on the same page. We all have to live our lives according to God. We all have to take time to seek him. We all have to take time to do what we need to do. And guess what? Your Christianity and your life with Christ is yours. Mine is mine. But guess what? That's where accountability comes in and says, hey, we missed you. Oh, you're offending me because you said you missed me. Oh, you think? You say what? Truth is truth. Because back in their mind, there's a thought of, well, they think I'm doing this, and they think I'm, holy cow, slow your roll with your words. I was just saying I missed you. Period. The fact of it is, is God wants us to live a life with him. That doesn't mean we can't help each other. That's where accountability comes in with one another. But how can you make somebody accountable when you're not accountable yourself? You want to hold people accountable only because you don't want to be accountable to your own problems. It's a lot easier to reflect somebody else's stuff than your own. And then we begin to live our identity through other people because we don't even know who we are because we become stinking, what's his name, Jerry Springer all the time. 
It's like a dag. Our world and Christianity at times has become like a talk show. It, it's embarrassing. And I'm telling you what, I'm tired of embarrassing God. I want to be true to what's right in here. I want to be true to his word. I want this to reflect in me more than anything. And guess what? I want to come to a place where I can say, well, so-and-so didn't give me my scripture for the day. Who cares? God did. It's already in his word. Just look at it. Pride bridles the tongue and hardens our heart to accountability. Pride bridles the tongue and hardens our heart to accountability. You want to know why I say that? Because pride keeps you from saying, I was wrong. Have you ever done this where somebody tries to tell you they're sorry by buying you something or taking you somewhere, but they never actually tell you they're sorry? You can't buy my love, and you definitely can't buy his love. He already bought it and paid for it. Guess what? It's a free gift. And the thing about it is, is if you would just look at him and say, God, I was wrong. I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. But, God, I desire it more than anything. So come in. Forgive me. I repent. That means I turn away from my sin. That doesn't mean I look at the mirror and I forget what I look like and forget the words that came out of my mouth because I don't really give a darn about what God thinks about me. I'm more concerned about what you think about me. This is hard. I'm just going to be honest. This is a hard word. And if you want to know the truth, I didn't really want to speak it. You want to know why? Because this is hard. I have to be accountable to this now. Accountability is so important. Yes, Christ died for you. Yes, he wants to forgive you. But it's up to you to stay in a place of accountability and lay bare your wrongs in the mirror of him in order to do so. A person who cannot admit they are wrong is a person who has allowed the wrongs of the world to identify them, making them a fool. A person who cannot admit they are wrong is a person who has allowed the wrongs of the world to identify them, making them a fool. Accountability is the place where you will find yourself asking. This is why it's so hard, guys. Listen, accountability is the place you'll find yourself asking, what more do you want from me, God? Haven't I given you enough? What more? I just... Went through this huge trial. I thought I passed that test. Isn't it enough? This is the place that you'll find yourself asking that. Or you can find yourself saying it this way. What more do you want from me, God? Because you're more than enough. And you can have it all. I can either stand at this mirror and complain, I've given you everything. I've given you the last several years in pain. I've done all I can do. I've separated myself. I've gone broke. I've gone bankrupt. I don't have money. I don't have things in this world. My house is falling apart. My marriage looks like it's wasted. My kids don't talk to me. I don't have family members close to me. All the people around me have died. Couldn't you do something about it, God? What more do you want from me? Or you can look and you can say, no matter what the cost, what more do you want? What more do you want? What more do you want from me? Because you can have every bit of it. 
till nothing is left of me. Till nothing is left of me. Accountability is a life lived in the word, evaluating the little things. But conformity is a life lived in the world and taking offense to all the little things. Accountability is, a, is in a life lived in the word, evaluating all the little things. Oh, God, you didn't like how I said that? Oh, man. It could just be this. What more do you want from me, God? What more do you want from me, God? Do you see the tone? Oh, my goodness, God just corrected me? That's a little thing, God. Oh, no, no, no. That becomes a big thing because the first way I said it can grew to see the bitterness and unforgiveness and hardness and all those kind of things. But the second one leaves a heart that's open. Oh, you correct. It's the little things. I want to be accountable to the little things. You say, well, we're getting nitpicky and nitty gritty. Oh, yes, we are. Because God is very precise in the way that he made you. And he wants you to be formed after the pattern he created from the very beginning. Conformity is a life lived in the world and taking offense to all the little things. What, you miss me? Dude, you're offended because obviously you feel like people are like always on you about things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry that I offended you. You know, those, we're, we get offended by all the little things. So-and-so said this in a text, and, it, and they said it like this. What? They did? I mean, I don't. Do you, do you hear it? Do you hear the text? I don't hear it. How do you know how they said it? First of all, why don't we just come back to face-to-face conversations and just talk about it and look at one another and reflect in one another the love of God between each other, and maybe we wouldn't have all these problems. It's the little things. The little things you will allow yourself to give to God or you will keep yourself hiding from God. And either way, they are going to affect your eternity. You may not go to hell over it, but guess what? When you get there and God takes all the things that you've placed before him and they are burnt up in the fire of his glory, what's going to be left that actually added up to him? All those little things that you allowed him to change are all the little things that you allowed him to hide, allowed to hide because you are so offended. Each time I face the mirror of accountability, I should see my reflection change to the more of who he is and the less of who I am. Accountability kills off pride and causes the standard of God to rise. Pride is of the flesh, but humility is of the spirit. Accountability comes from humility. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 says, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. The little things, every thought, every little thing. When we are accountable to Christ, we hold our identity as children of God. Accountability allows you to peer into the glory of God and receive his grace and truth in your life to live by. 
Until we do this, we will never fully reflect the glory of God in our own lives. Until you are willing to stay here, you cannot come here. Because guess what? This is where pureness lives. This is where true, open heart, not caring, whatever happens, this is where only God can be seen. You can't get there until you stop here and here. You have to reflect at this mirror, and you have to reflect at this mirror. And guess what? You may nudge closer to this mirror, but then God may go, you need to reflect this for a second. And then you nudge even closer. You want to know why? Because just because you go five steps back to work on one thing doesn't mean he can't fast forward. It's like a time warp. You know what I'm saying? God's presence is his presence. He can do whatever he wants. Number three, the mirror of glory, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit at work in our lives reflects evidence of the glory of God on the outside of our lives. When we allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives, it reflects evidence of the glory of God on the outside of our lives. The mirror of accountability leads us to the mirror of glory. The more I rid myself of me, the more I can reflect his glory. I can only do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 6 through 21 says it this way. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it is neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am the Father, and you in me. I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Do you understand what God was saying? He was saying, he who loves me, he who loves my father, who identifies with my father, then I will identify with him through the forgiveness of sins and the accountability in their lives to continually reflect in me. And then what happens from that is then the manifestation of the glory through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life will begin to reflect who he is out to others. This is the work of the Trinity at its finest, guys. This is what it's about. It's not just some picture of a stained glass that you see of some man sitting there and it's like, oh, and it's like a picture of some triangle. This is not, God's not trying to give you an emblem. He's trying to be your identity. He's trying to be your accountability so that you can reflect his glory. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit working in one. The glory is the manifest presence of Jesus Christ. That right there is the power of the Holy Spirit. Working in you. The Holy Spirit is the power of God at work in our lives in order that we may see the will of the Father more clearly. When we allow the Holy Spirit to continually work in our lives, we are giving God free reign to display his glory through us however he sees fit. 
The greater the power, the brighter the reflection. I want to show you something real quick. Can we turn the stage white lights off real quick? And can we turn these house lights off real quick? I want to show you something. See, what happens is when I begin to allow... The more bright my light begins to be, and this is, I was hoping this to be a little bit brighter than that, but the more brighter that my light begins to be, what happens is the more directly, have you ever been in something where the light hits it so strongly that it literally blinds you, that it literally reflects off of it to where you can't see it, and this phone light isn't as bright, I don't even know if we can get that centered on it, but the point of it is, is that the more, even though how dark it is, when my light begins to become brighter, what happens is the more I reflect it in me, then it begins to reflect to where I can't see anything but light, but the glory of God through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say in you is that the brighter the light means the greater the power that is at work within you. The only way that I can allow the Holy Spirit to do greater works in me by doing, God said, greater works shall you do than me. The only way you can do that and reflect his glory, you can turn the lights back up in the house lights. The only way that you can reflect his glory greater is by stopping here, knowing his identity, by keeping continually in this mirror. And what happens is all of a sudden, this becomes the only mirror that's seen. Because guess what? You can't see you anymore. That's the point. Oh, they can't see me. I need to get in the picture frame. I need to be seen. I need to be noticed. I need to be heard. The world can't see me. Great. That means that you're doing a good job as a Christian. We have to get rid of this see me, notice me, don't you want to get to know me mentality. See him, notice him, don't you want to get to know him. Because guess what? When we truly begin to allow the Holy Spirit to do its work in our lives, what happens is it changes the atmosphere. Because the, only the power of God can truly change the atmosphere for the good of all men. Your attitude can change the atmosphere, but it has nothing to do with God. It's just reflecting flesh. But the glory of God changes the atmosphere. If you truly are singing, I want to see you, show me your glory. We just said that. I long to look on the face of the one that I love. We go back to Moses. Moses was the one who said, God, show me your glory. Actually, he is pretty much the only person in the Bible, only human being that ever actually saw the Lord, saw the back of the Lord. He wasn't allowed to see his face because God said, if you saw my face, then you would surely die. And he covered the face of Moses after that because Moses' face, just from reflecting off the backside of God, radiated the glory of God so brightly that the men of the earth could not even look upon him. Don't you want that to be you? I mean, 
mean, if anything in the Bible, like, I, you know, stories of David, things like that, but I would like to have been Moses to where now in this world I can honestly say that I saw Jesus and that's all that's reflected that you can't even look at me because all you see is the glory. Not, and I'll go back to what I said two weeks ago. Do people see your personal holiness or his? If all you can do is walk away and be like, oh, that was a good sermon, and she's a good speaker, or oh, I don't like her, I don't know what you're saying, I, I don't care. The fact of it is, is, if all that you're leaving with that is, oh man, Pastor Jen gave a powerful word, and what she said, you are putting my name into the sentences way too often. I don't want my name to be reverenced. I want his name to be reverenced. I don't care if I'm the vessel to use it or if you're the vessel to say it. All I want to know is did God speak to me and did I see his face? That's it. This is why we gather. Do you understand that? So that when we come together, this isn't for you to just feel good about yourself and see people that are united in like hearts. It's so that you can unite to bounce off the light and keep reflecting off of one another and make the light grow brighter so that when you leave, you reflect it to the world. The more we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives, the more our lives bear witness to the glory of God in his name. This was our sole purpose for why we were raised on earth in the first place. In the beginning was the light. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he was in the beginning. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the light was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. As for the law was given, verse 17, through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Acts 1.8 says it this way. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. In all Judea. because they lived in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. 
Jesus saying, Jen, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Do you understand right now? of immigrants coming into our country, do you realize that we have the power to witness to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to Afghanistan and to Africa and to Mexico? You have the ability to be the witnesses to the ends of the earth. Yes, I understand that it's scary. Yes, I understand that lots of things can go on, but you will e either allow the Holy Spirit to reflect in you so that your light is so bright that all they can see is Jesus Christ, or they will see an afraid person who cowers in the dark. Look again. He wants to bring us back to the original state where the wholeness of our lives reflected the fullness of his glory. The glory is only revealed to those who are willing Glory is only revealed to those who are willing to daily reflect in his presence. What I did yesterday to reflect in this mirror and this mirror, to try to get to this mirror, does not add up to what I need to do today to reflect in this mirror and this mirror and this mirror. I cannot, I have to daily reflect. say it's time to repent of laziness. It's time to repent of lackadaisicalness. It's time to repent of procrastination. It's time to repent of your excuses that you have made for not spending time with me. Don't you want to see me? Don't you want to know me? Haven't I done enough for you? I long to see you every day. I wait when you take your first breath in the morning. And before your feet hit the floor, I wait for you to tell me good morning, Abba. I wait for you to seek me as you're driving to work. I wait just for those small conversations that I long to have with you. I wait to sit at the dinner table with you and your children and have conversations about the goodness of me. I wait to sit with you in your living rooms when you are entertaining something else than entertaining me.
tell you who you are. I love to show you who I am in everyday activities. I long to speak to you through my word. I long to see you do and apply what I have said and what you have read. Time is coming and time is very short. And the time will come when you will not hear my voice, nor will you know when you need to be led. But those of you who have taken time to reflect yourself in my mirror every day and have lined up with my identity and have lined up to be accountable to the Son for the forgiveness of sins will reflect the glory. And in the end, you shall be saved. But woe to you who thinks you have all the time. That is a very sad point because time is not yours, it is mine. You hold nothing in your hands. You control nothing that I have made. I turned on the light and I will turn off the light. Where will you stand? What do you identify as? And with whom concerned with, me or the world. The choice is up to you, but glory will not reveal itself to those who do not reveal themselves to me. Thank you. 